and that is um, that is something that um, human beings are very resistant to experiencing. And part of the reason for this is because we are attached to our own views. And so, you know, you can see this even just in the political uh, meanderings that go on in our own country and every country where the, the left and the right, they wanna bark at each other about everything. And, um, and all these uh, dumb things that people fight over um, and neither, um, neither side realizes that they are both partly right and partly wrong. And if they would come and if they would actually come to the table with the intention of doing that which would truly be uh, serving the good and the true and serving love and wisdom as Emmanuel Swedenborg would put it, then they would actually make progress. But because they're attached to their own views, they will not make progress because it's too important for them to be right rather than for them to actually discern the energetic truth. And this is what often holds up societies and worlds. It's this need to be right. And the reality is none of us are completely right. None of us are. And I would suggest too, that we all, the further that we go, um, the more that we are taken, the deeper we are taken into these um, mysteries, the initiations into the mysteries. <clears throat> Not only do we know that we don't know anything, we realize that we are completely blind and deaf and dumb, and we cannot even see without God. And this is controversial, believe it or not, in this world today, because people are throwing God out the window. But <laughs> this is the re this is the irony. But of course. We'll throw that out there for the, the old spiritual warfare discussion, which is um, Satan's doing a good job because, of course, it's not popular. Um, that's part of what the dark side is doing is making it seem that um, it's not okay to acknowledge that we are blind, deaf, dumb, and completely unable to even know what the truth is or discern it. We cannot even touch into energetic truth without God. People ask me a lot about, well, what is God to you or why does God matter? And it's like, well, are you serious? <laughs> you <know? laughs> And it's like, you know, because you, you want to have the light in the darkness, the sound in the silence, the words in the, uh, in the, uh, in the empty page, you know, this is where it all comes from. Without the creator, there is no creation. 
And so I take it further in that we are blithering idiots without God. We know, we truly know nothing. And I'm going to do a little, I'm going to do a little imitation for you. There. Oh, good. Let's throw a little. Get ready, in. everyone. Okay. I'm going to do my Game of Thrones imitation. Oh, you know nothing, nothing Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. You know nothing, Jon Snow. But you know, so we know okay, nothing. I'll, I'll do my John, I'll do my Jon Snow impression. Okay. I'm Jon Snow. Okay, that's it. But do it again. Do it again. All right. I'm Jon Snow. <laughs> I've never done that impression before. So. But you know nothing, John Snow. <laughs> I am John Snow. But you know, it's like you were you were talking about governments around the world and um, how they can't agree and how there's the left and the right. But I feel like when we think about sports and how we're indoctrinated to be very competitive, things are polarized. And, and there's an adversarial relationship that we seem to have. And, you know, we started out this whole talk with unitive consciousness. Right. You know, the being the one, being the truth, um, you know, the eternal good. Um, and so, you know, hopefully we can. And that's where it's leading. Person. And that's why it's so good you remembered to bring that up. Thank you. Because that's where it's all leading. And that's why in the beginning, you are tapping into these things and why it's so important. You know, and you had asked me about the universal sphere of realms and the universal sphere of realms. And it didn't take you long to get to that. That was quick. No, not at all. That was and, only um, like an hour later. <laughs> That's a good question. I just have a little segue for an hour. <laughs> I think no, it was an hour and five or 10 more minutes. Yeah, there you go. There you go. No, it's great. That wasn't bad. But the universal sphere of realms is this thing that happens in the initiations and you'll find it's um, one of the recurring initiations that you will have. The universal sphere of realms is this star map and you will be, it will be given to you in a variety of ways throughout the initiations. So you'll be taken to different places and you have to go find it, you know, and then at different points, they will hand it to you and it'll be given to you in your hands. And it is literally a star map that is a holographic image that shows you the actual universal sphere of realms. And when you, when you look at it, touch it, hold it, you understand how all these realms are made up, how they work together. And you know, and we've talked about it a little bit in terms of how you have your lower realms, the one and two where dominant darkness and pure evil reside. The mortal realms where the battles between good and evil reside, which is dimensions three and four. And then you have the light worlds, which are infinite from the fifth dimension on up. And so this gives you an idea of how vast the light worlds are, and just how low on the spectrum we are. We're literally just being birthed out of the lowest realms in the universe. And this is why the universal sphere of realms is so important for us, because we are, through these initiations, 
um, birthing the darkness out of us so that we can go to unitive consciousness where we will merge with the mind and the will and the intent of God. But part of these initiations is letting go of the mind, the will, and the intent of our personal selfish interests, which is karma. And this is, you know, this is the old that we want to allow to drop away, the dross, which, you know, selfishness manifests at its fullest in the first sphere where pure evil resides. And so we see how this is clearing it out slowly, 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 you see. Um, the universal sphere of realms is showing us and you'll see it as these overlapping galaxies. It's beautiful when you look at it and you, you're just in awe when you look at it because it's, it's, it's these circling, circling systems all it's beautiful and it's you know the stars and it's it's something that again this is one of those things where um i had mentioned there are many things you'll never be able to put fully into words this is one of those things the universal sphere of realms it's one of those things that you cannot put in words and so I do a very minor part of it, but it's literally like this much of this much, you know, of what you are shown through the universal sphere of realms. And it is repeated and repeated and repeated. And the reason for this is because you are learning more and more and more about this is where you stand here. This is what you need to do to progress through it and move on to the next part. And you know, as we were talking about all these things about the energetic truth, it is so important to understand, this is so important, um, be, and I'll tell you why. Uh, a lot of times people are very, very nervous about sharing things because um, they're, they're worried that they're gonna be judged or judged harshly or whatever. What you need to understand is that those who are taken through these mysteries, you don't receive the initiations into alteration or go through these types of things where you are going to serve evolution until you have generated the type of compassion where you have been humbled to the point where you just will not judge another creature, no matter where they stand. You know, I've been called in to assist evil and I've been called in to assist evil even in requirements of a judgment capacity in terms of how the Holy Spirit comes in and um, gives the impetus for something requiring that it has to be sent back. But so what do you mean? Assist evil um, in their good point. Their soul. Excellent point, because that could be totally misunderstood. Yeah. Um, to go into the lowest spheres and attempt to energize a soul who's in a very, very low state to see if that soul can rise higher. 
Now, what happens in these lower realms is once a soul calls out for God's help, so a help arise instantaneously, just as it does anywhere else in the universe. And, um, and so help arrives, and sometimes it's in the form of an alterer like myself, or another, you know, an angel, a different kind of angel, or other kinds of help. Um, and, um, and so that kind of stuff, it happens all the time. But there are cases where, even though help is rendered, the soul, the soul still chooses to continue going backwards. And then a judgment may be rendered where, and of course, in spiritual warfare, this happens too, where, you know, it's like, okay, well, this, this demonic force has to be sent back to the lower spheres. It cannot remain here. So I, I remember you speaking of, a soul that had fallen so far that they were given the judgment of the double death. Yeah, the second and death. The second yeah. death. And you were very distraught uh, because, of course, you want to help every single soul. And so that was part of, you know, your your program for your lifetime um, was to go to these lower realms to try to help these souls that have fallen so far. And so... Yes when you are working with um, going into the demonic realms, that's, you know, one of the things that you, you do. Well, yes, you do. And like this particular soul, this was the first time that I had gone into that level. And I remember that very clearly because it was the very first time. And it was directly after that, that the Blessed Mother said, it's time for you to learn about evil. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yay. You know? <laughs> but, um, but yes, so that's how that happens. So, you know, so the first point is that um, souls who are called in to help with things like this are not allowed or given that impetus, that gift, unless or until they have been humbled to the point where they do not judge other souls for where they are at. They truly have this desire to assist souls to progress no matter where they are called in. Now, that does not mean, like you said, that we are also not called in to um, maintain order. And so <laughs> there is spiritual warfare, which we'll discuss in another thing in more detail. But yes, there are boundaries that have to maintain, be maintained. And that's why spiritual warfare exists in this realm and in other realms below to keep the, um, keep the elements where they need to be contained so that they are not just continually invading realms that, where they don't belong. So we have to do that. St. Michael does that. Archangels do that. And a lot of, um, a lot of souls and a lot of different hierarchies work on that sort of stuff now i don't um, want to get too far off the universal okay. sphere of realms because i really want to take that a little bit deeper since we're okay. getting we're getting into the mysteries but i just did want to address just one thing that we talked about yesterday that kind of stuck with me okay. last, last night that i couldn't get out of my head and uh, when we were talking about spiritual warfare and uh, you found yourself in a place where um, satan's army um, in the form of bees was sent into your heart to try to attack you. And, uh, you know, we talked about how to, you know, protect ourselves 
and you know arm up spiritually and such i was just curious and what was sticking in my mind was was there anything else that you could have done to protect yourself in that instance when that happened to you i don't know i don't know i mean okay. um, i was just curious it's a good question um i think you know what we what we have to keep in mind is that um when we are called into uh spiritual warfare especially but any kind of work in the spirit world that especially calls us into the purgatorial or the lower realms or any kind of spiritual warfare, there is risk. And it is important that people are aware of that. There is a, um, it's usually a spiritual risk most of the time where, you know, you come back from these battles physically exhausted, but there are times when it can cause, you know, physical sickness, and some people have um, physical consequences. And so, um, you know, I think this is one of the hard things for people to put into perspective that it is a real battle. And so, therefore, <laughs> there are real consequences. That also means you can win and you can lose. And for you, you came out of it taking the full brunt. I took and, it. Yeah, and I did. I got nailed you took it, man. <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And here you are, like, you know, as ever. So. But you have to remember, um, though, that that was that was that was a gift given to me um, because I had I was very very sick for over 15 years. You know, I had cardiomyopathy, heart failure. I was on. Um, sometimes up to as many as 10 to 15 cardiac medications every day. Um, I was very, very sick. And um, now my heart has made a recovery on medication. I'm still on medication for it. But um, these were, you know, these are unusual results. You know, usually with what I had, I would have been gone a long time ago. But this was a gift. It was graces that I received from God. And so we have to remember that it's not because I'm unusually strong. It was because God graced me with those blessings for whatever reason. And we can't just count on that or assume that because the natural consequences, um, I could have easily and probably should have, you know, passed on, but um, um, God chose to grace me with uh, this recovery again but for the grace of God go I so it's not because I was unusually strong or anything it's because God fortressed me afterwards but trust me I was very very sick I was bedridden for years you know and um and so it it was a big a big hit it was a huge hit um but um, it does show the power of God, too, and the power of grace that um, when God does choose to move, he can, he can move, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> never expected, you know, to uh, be functional again, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In regards to um, the universal sphere of realms, and uh, we talked about maps of... Uh, consciousness right mm -hmm. so i'm just uh wondering about 
as far as uh, is there multiple multiple universes in your experience? Yeah, you know the other thing about the universal sphere of realms is that it shows you multiple universes. It and shows you how the universes are laid out and the multiple universes. And um, but like I said, it's just so um, hard to uh, explain. Uh, maybe well, an astronomer should be given this vision so well, they this, can. It's kind of why I'm bringing it up is because. Um, whenever we talk about the mysteries, uh, we touched upon, upon the uh, Kabbalistic tree of life somewhat. And astrologically, you've had experiences with the different energies of the planets. And so I was kind of going to try to start in a, in a bigger way with, um, is there different energies in the different universes that you experienced? Well. Um... I've definitely experienced different energies in different um, planetary systems, but I've only experienced like such a minimal amount, at least to me, it's minimal. Um, you know, I would say I've interacted with maybe 10 to 15 different um, uh, civilizations. And so maybe to others that might not seem minimal, but when you see the universal sphere of realms and you realize how many there are, that seems yeah. like such a tiny amount. But yes, they do. Um, you know, the ones that I was allowed to touch into are usually the ones that are a higher vibrational energy. And mm -hmm. interestingly, these ones are ones that I don't hear other people talk about. They're not the ones that are I've had contact with the ones like the grays and things like that, that people talk about as well. But the ones that I'm referring to are ones who are um, these civilizations that are spiritually so far beyond us. Mm -hmm. And they each have these very different energies. They're all very, very advanced. Um, but their energy is different. It's very hard to quantify um, in well, words because it's something you feel vibrationally when you're well, with them. Okay, because I want to get into our solar system, but I wanted to start universally and then galactically. Um, have you been to, how many galaxies have you been to, do you think? Or do you even know when you're in a different galaxy, when you're I, I honestly wouldn't know how many because I've been, you know, when you travel, um, you often go through, travel through the black hole into the galactic heavens, and then you don't always know if you're in the okay. same galaxy. But I know for sure of, um, I would say one, two, I would say probably for sure, um, just off the top of my head, probably about six. Six different um, galaxies, you feel? Yeah, but that's off the top of my head. There might be more. I, you know, if I, you know, really zipped through my zip drive up here. Now, how did you, <laughs> how did you know that there were different galaxies, and did, did they have different energy? Uh, did you use different senses? 
when you were there? Um, they did have different energy. Um, and you, they would, they would allow you to experience it. And they told me, they told me where they were from and they would take me there. And, um, you know, some of these are beings that are interdimensional um, and some of them are a combination of interdimensional and, um, you know, also some level of physicality, but uh, so in that they would be also in existence in a way that we could reach physically in terms of be able to find them in a physical manner, but they just, they're just so uh, far beyond us. I, I, you know, I mean, <laughs> they're just so far beyond us way, way, way. I mean, you know, it, it's even like if you just look at what people are experiencing, like with the greys and the, who are mortal beings, by the way, um, and they are far beyond us in terms of their technological, physical advancement and stuff like this. Um, Do you think that- are light, 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 thought, 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 thought years thousands, millions of thought years beyond them. You but know, you, these are beings who are well beyond all of us, you know, not just us, but mm -hmm. all of the alien races that we actually have physical contact with, they are well beyond all of them as well. Do you think it is because of time or do you think it's because they weren't thwarted from the natural process of spiritual evolution? Like maybe having no. somebody come in and just stopping them from growing and going like, no, no, go over here and pick up these sticks and rocks. But what about no. that glorious technology? Oh no, don't look over here. There's a look at this shiny rock. You know? No, no it's it's you know when you talk, uh, when you you know ask uh, this reminds me of Paramahamsa Yogananda because he would speak about the astral planets. Um, and it's interesting that he used the word astral because. We could do the delineation of what an astral uh, realm is, but we're just going to speak about it in the way that I believe he meant it. Because he spoke about astral planets, I'm going to change the word astral to spiritual planets, because he spoke about how people would move from this world to the next world and um, progress through the spiritual planets. And what these are, these are worlds that um, beings who are more evolved than us by literally uh, millions of light years beyond us in terms of evolution would incarnate. They would incarnate into these worlds because this is where they are compatible. This is where they are at evolutionarily. And so they're not even comparable to what a soul on earth is doing here. You know, we're a mortal realm. These people would be, they're in a realm that is so far beyond, um, you know, let's just, just to give a, a random number, just to give perspective, even though it's not really accurate. Uh, you know, we talk about these numbered realms and I talked about the 23rd dimension of the golden angels. I mean, this, these types of planetary uh, civilizations, I would uh, just even guess would be 200, 300 dimensions in, in you know, epic size. These are not even 
I mean, they are so far beyond us um, that we can't even compare. Mm -hmm. You know, we really are so far behind them. But what it does, one of the reasons we're taken to these um, places and these civilizations and allowed to experience it, one of the things that will happen in the initiations is um, sometimes you'll be allowed to go into a meld where they'll have you, um, it's like a big hug, and then you will experience what it's like to be them on their planet for a while, mm -hmm. is because that allows you to, for a moment, take in what, it, what, the, what it's like to be them. And, and then it's, uh, I'll just tell you that I, I just wished I didn't have to uh, come back here, you know, but of course I do because I'm nowhere near close to that. But, but what it does is it, it brings into our awareness what is actually possible. And, you know, one of the things that we do as humans is we, we uh, limit ourselves by our lack of reflecting on what is possible. And when we are shown through various mysteries that we're initiated into what is possible, we then have more of an innate desire to seek it out. And so when we are shown what is possible, then we want it. I'll never forget those moments that I was allowed to spend with those beings. And I'll never forget that that's possible and I wanna be able to um, be compatible to that someday. You know what I mean? Can you express to me the difference uh, experientially and energetically that you had between the Pleiadians and the Arcturians? Is there a big difference between those? The Pleiadians are um, the one, my experience of them, the Pleiadians are very focused on love. There's a holiness about the Pleiadians um, and um, light. Uh, the Arcturians, my experience of them has been that they are all about generating energy. And so everything that I've had with them is about generating energy for transformation. They're focused on helping to generate energy that becomes available to souls here on earth to help souls to rise up. And um, so the Pleiadians, you know, they, they focus a lot on bringing that unconditional love into souls as well as this um, ability for souls to touch into oneness, this oneness of all life. Whereas the Arcturians are always generating vibration and energy. Okay. And so is it okay for initiates to be open to, to working with these beings? And are they more mortal or they're just on different dimensions? Like The Pleiadians and the Arcturians do have mortal 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 aspects but they are you know they are very very these ones are higher higher light beings as well but yes they do they are they have third dimensional aspects but you know what's interesting in terms of like the comparison between the worlds that i was just speaking about versus the pleiadians and the arcturians 
Um, and this is, of course, meaning no disrespect to them because they are awesome and amazing. Mm -hmm. um, literally, millions of millions of millions of eons beyond them. Mm. And so, you know, and so even I'll just speak about two, two races in particular that people can just throw out there. The ones I call the Tibetans. And um, these ones are more left-brained group of beings who work with people and adjusting their energy, but they have a hard time with working with souls on earth. Um, they generally are only able to work with a few souls on earth at a time because very few souls can receive them. Um, and the other ones, I do not have a name for them, but they are literally unintelligible light. Um, but these ones are all just this. Um, it's, it's so hard to quantify, but it, it kind of gives you an idea of how you can look at these infinite realms because the Pleiadians are total unconditional love. But these, these, these beings are a world of love and light that is so far beyond the Pleiadians, you wouldn't even think they resembled one another. I mean, literally millions and millions of eons beyond. And so these two worlds, absolutely people can be open to receiving that and um, even just asking and putting it out there of, you know, I am receptive and, you know, to receive this, you know, just as we talked about, even with our blessed mother, wanting people to ask for the graces on her hands that people forget to ask for, ask, mm -hmm. ask for it. And so is there any, uh, and so you, you mentioned the Tibetans and the unintelligible? Unintelligible light, light folks. Unintelligible <laughs> light. light folks. We have to make it a little folksy yeah. so it, you know. <laughs> so just to be open to uh, receiving and uh, mm -hmm. to being however we need to be so that uh, they can assist us on the path. Yes. And is there any danger? With, um, with those particular beings, none that I, ha I, that I can even fathom or that I have ever seen. Okay. Um, there are dangers with certain extraterrestrial groups. You know, the greys are um, moral beings, and that means that they're like us. They have aspects of good and evil. There are, uh, there are other races, some of which have more evil than good, you know, uh, AKA the reptilians as well. Um, but we have, uh, so and there's, some there's, of the, um, there's good species, reptilians too, right? There's good reptilians um, and right. Just like, you know, from what I understand, and I don't know everything about all of the species that are in contact with um, the earth. But from what I understand, what we have with greys and with reptilians, the greys are more mortal beings where they have aspects of good and evil, but they like to experiment on human beings. Um, and, you know, so they're like us in that regard. And so we're like lab rats to them. So we have to keep that in mind. And to, our, to ourselves, we're lab rats. Exactly. Because we experiment on, you know, ourselves. Like, let's try it. <laughs> 
Oh, no. Get him out of here. And then the reptilians, from what I understand, and I have not had contact with reptilians and don't, don't, don't really hope to do so. <laughs> you know? um, but from what I understand, the reptilians are further to that evil center. Um, they do not have much of a conscience. Now, what I understand about both is that they both have some type of a hive mentality and that they have uh, some type of connection with all of their, their own people. Mm-hmm. And same thing with the reptilians. And there is some type of like programming that I'm not sure how it works with each one of them. But, um, but you have to be very, very discerning with these various species that are in contact physically, especially with the earth, because of the fact that you have, you have races with evil intentions and you have races with, um, uh, what they, they're kind of like the same intentions that we would have, which are, you know, we think we have good intentions, but some of our intentions may not be for the best interests of others. Sometimes we think they are, but we may not realize it, that they might not be that kind of thing because we're mortal beings. And so we don't always know. Um, so, you know, then, I have a friend uh, that lived in the Sudan. And okay. Uh, um, but he had been here for like 19 years. And so they have so many natural resources there. It's just incredible. And so everybody in the world, all the superpowers, are the Russians, the Chinese, the U.S., they're all trying to get in there. Is, do you think the earth is kind of like one of those natural resources place, places where all these different species per, per chance are trying? I mean, the, the ones with evil intent may be trying to... Um, you know, take advantage of the natural resources and maybe they're battling amongst one another or is that just pure conjecture and who knows or do you have any insight into that? Um, the, I do think that there are um, things that are unique about Earth. Um, what we're, we're definitely finding is that planets like Earth are, um, are not like they're not like in huge number around the universe in terms of especially not just the resources that we have, but also the, just the amount of forms of life. Um, one of the things that uh, I understood was an issue with like the grays was that they needed some type of enzyme because the grays have um, uh, some issues from, you know, from where they live and they have short lifespans and they live on a very radioactive planet very close to their sun. And um, they need this enzyme that they were getting from cattle, you know, thus the cattle mutilations that helps them to survive longer. Um, as for the reptilians, my understanding was is that they've always been here but they've always been subterranean beings. And so um, somehow, somehow we, we haven't been aware of them, but, um, <laughs> but they're down there. And um, so I'm not sure if they came from another planet or if 
they were actually here all along. And, you know, I mean, they could have come, easily come from after the, you know, the dinosaur era or any, you know, I mean, who knows exactly how that emerged, you know? And then we have these, you know, positive beings, these positive forces like the Arcturians, as we mentioned, mm -hmm. Pleiadians. And so do you think that um, they, just like maybe the Tibetans and the, um, mm -hmm. what are the other folks? on uh, inexpressible light folks <laughs> <laughs> you know who i'm talking about yeah, right because they know right but i mean so then maybe um they're trying to help us along on our spiritual journey. yeah they're definitely trying to help us along and you know um there seems to also be, you know, groups like the Pleiadians and Arcturians. They're, they've tried to do helpful things. I also think that they're like ex, there's explorer types who do things around. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, different races that exist that um, you know I'm aware of, but I don't know any more about them as to what they're. Um, you know where they're from what they're doing are they in touch with us here or are they just you know so there's a lot of beings that come to the galactic council where are they originating from um and so you know we always have to remember god is a very creative individual you know deity and um you know i mean what what we forget is we look if you just look at how many different life forms we have on the planet earth and then you know think about that and then don't be surprised that there would be that many intelligent life forms if not more in the universal sphere you know and um so that makes perfect sense and then you know that we have you know we even see this even within our own world where like you were mentioning with uh whales and dolphins who have unusual capacities we have Whale ear. Yep, the uh, whale. You said that was the uh, ear, the eardrum this is the of ear a whale. That's millions of years old. Isn't that cool? That is so cool. <laughs> yeah, they have special uh, sonar abilities, don't they? For thousands of miles under the ocean, they can send signals. And that's amazing. But you know, that's what you find too, where I think that um, just as there is an infinite number of realms, we're going to find there's infinite numbers of life forms. There's always going to be more to discover. And this is why the more we learn, the more we realize that we just don't know much of anything. Um, and then we, you know, this is where hopefully the humility is generated, where we recognize that uh, we we can only speak to that which we have been specifically what that which has been specifically revealed to us and there will always be more and more and more mysteries because god is much too huge for any one of us as a human being to encompass all that he is we see this even in the ancient sacred texts where 
It's like he imparts and shares one aspect of this greatness with each of his prophets, saints, mystics, sages, or ascetics. You know, and that's why I always say, if you want to get to know God, get to know his friends, because the ancient sacred text, it, it gives us an aspect of God. Each one shares with us a different aspect of God as it was revealed through a different beloved of God, a beloved because, soul. Because as, as you wrote about it in this chapter, because he couldn't impart all of his wisdom and knowledge into just one soul. So he would give him a little part. And exactly. that would be a, you know, a part of the um, information uh, that would be the subsequent step for the next, you know, step from another mystic and, and the mystical staircase leading to heaven would just kind of continue up like one, you know, prophet, sage, mystic, you know, at a time, just boop, boop.